Hello and welcome to the latest edition of China Inc. by Bamboo Works, where we discuss the latest business and financial news from China and what it all means. I'm Doug Young, Bamboo Works Editor-in-Chief, and I'm joined today by Rene Vangusti, one of our founding partners, who's also a longtime China watcher and former investment banker. Today we'll look at how big banks are growing increasingly wary of their smaller regional peers. We'll also look at new IPO applications from China's two largest bubble tea makers. We'll start with banks, which may seem like a slightly dry subject, but could quickly become a key weak link in China's economy, especially the country's thousands of smaller regional banks. Reuters is reporting that China's biggest national state banks are growing increasingly wary of their small-town peers, giving bigger scrutiny to their asset quality and tightening their standards for interbank lending. These smaller banks have far less resources than their bigger peers, and may also be more vulnerable to dubious lending due to pressures from their local governments. So, Rene, this isn't the first time we've heard about problems with China's vast network of local banks, and the handful of banking crises that have occurred so far all seem to have come from these smaller regional lenders. Can you tell us sort of why are these smaller banks so problematic and, you know, offer your views on how serious do you think this problem is? I think that especially uh, these days, I think that uh, there are a few factors at play here. Um, and uh, I mean, look, first of all, typically, uh, you would expect that the bigger banks better re- regulated, they're better monitored, uh, the uh, regulators watch over them much more uh, carefully. They obviously uh, make sure that those big banks are you know, uh, capitalized at the right level and so on, even if they're all pretty much owned by uh, the Chinese government, but but still. And it's, it's a bit similar in the U.S. As we have all seen, there was a, um, you know, banking crisis in the U.S. at the beginning of 2023, and uh, it was smaller banks. Uh, and uh, very clearly, the view at the time was that part of the issue was that uh, they were not as uh, well regulated, uh, monitored, capitalized as as the much bigger banks, which are always a much bigger worry mm-hmm. for governments anywhere in the world. Right. Because if they go bust, then everything gives. Right. right. Looking at, at at China here, and um, and the regional banks. First of all. I'm not surprised that uh, the bigger banks are uh, becoming very careful um, and tightening up uh, lending standards for interbank lending. Um, first of all, the bigger banks have obviously their own share of problems with uh, bad loans coming from the real estate sector, which you know do not seem it doesn't seem like it's going to get better anytime soon. It's probably going to get worse. Uh, some of the local banks inevitably have to be uh, impacted also by what is happening to the real estate uh, sector. So there's got to be a general feeling that across the board and all the way down, uh, the amount of risks has increased and the nature of the risk um, has become, I think, more um, diversified, uh, more varied. Hmm. And, and that should be, you know, concern for everybody who, in general, but especially everybody who would be lending money to the smaller banks. Mm-hmm. Now, 
these you know those banks are obviously at at the regional level provincial level local level uh and uh inevitably they uh, always to some extent come under pressure from the local government i think that this is probably uh, getting a little bit worse these days because uh local governments uh, have two um, issues that i think are important one is real estate sales land sales to real estate developers are substantially down and that used to be a huge source of revenue for uh, local governments uh that's one thing uh, second thing is given the overall softness i would say in the chinese economy everybody from you know the top of the government all the way down is under pressure to do their part to uh, contribute to a rebound in the economy and and improving prospects in the economy and uh if you're a local government once again provincial or purely local uh government your revenues are down you need to do you need to do your part to help the economy hmm. so it's very likely that uh, the pressure on the local banks is intensifying and and will intensify to lend money to local businesses um local businesses are important to uh, local governments in terms of obviously corporate tax uh revenues but also they create employment or they maintain employment that in turn you know generates uh tax revenues for local government so i think it it it's all within that circle uh and uh, and i think it's understandable that uh, that there's concern at at the level of the bigger banks the bigger banks well so i mean can you say since since you know it is the new year now can you Look, I know, I know we we can't read too too much into the future, but um, you know, g- give us some thoughts on if if we might see these banks run into more trouble this year, and you know, what kind of challenge is this potentially going to pose to China's financial system? I mean, could this be you know the 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 start of a like I said, it seems like most of the failures we've seen so far really have been these smaller banks where the governments had to come in and rescue is this you know if china's financial system has to you know or ends up facing a crisis is this is this sort of where it's likely to start i'm not sure um i think that uh, first of all you know china has uh, substantial resources and has uh you know instruments at its disposal to help improve the conditions in the banking sector aside obviously from default risk uh, of uh, you know substantial amounts coming from the real estate sector mm. there i think we probably going to see uh, things getting worse before they get better but you know the government has done a lot to uh, overall uh, try and help banks to uh you know make more money through uh net interest income and 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 things like that um on the other hand those uh, local banks are usually relatively small and you know the chinese government uh, as long as we're not talking about huge numbers of banks defaulting at the same time 
has, in my opinion, the resources to um, to manage that mm-hmm. um, to prevent a um, a major problem at the national level. Okay. All right. So. Uh... I guess you're you're right. I mean, we certainly haven't seen a ton of these happening so far, but just given the spreadness of the property sector and and how everybody's so exposed to it, it it does seem like uh, maybe there's some potential there. Anyhow, we'll keep our fingers crossed and uh, hope for the best. Um, Next, let's let's move on to a a lighter, more bubbly topic, which is uh, bubble tea. Uh, now, this particular industry has exploded in terms of bubble tea chains in the last five years. But the group's been noticeably absent from capital markets, at least until now. In the space of just a week, the country's two largest chains, one's called Mixue Bingcheng and the other one's called Guming, uh, they both filed for Hong Kong IPOs. Mixue Bingcheng is the larger of the two with more than 36,000 stores, if you can believe that. It's grown so quickly using a franchise model and also by catering to trendy but also budget-conscious younger bubble tea drinkers. So the big question for me, at least to start this off, is, is why now? These, these companies have all been around for a while, and, and many of them are quite large, like we see from uh, Misha Bingcheng. And uh, in fact, uh, Misha Bingcheng is reportedly looking to raise up to a billion dollars, so that's that's quite a big amount for a, you know this kind of a retail company. Look, I have not seen any of their numbers. Um, uh, they will obviously come out at some point in time during uh, the process of of going IPO. But uh, one number, uh, you know, is is quite uh, important, and you've highlighted it. It's thirty six thousand stores. And and yeah, okay, so it's using the franchise model and so on. But, you know, when when you get to that uh, scale, uh, two things, I think, happen. One is why stop there um, <laughs> if, you know, China is a huge country. It's vast, geographically speaking. Um, these guys seem to have pricing that uh, makes their product attractive probably especially in, you know, tier three, tier four and below cities um, in the country. So, you know, there are so many of those cities that, um, you know, management is sitting there probably and saying, hey, you know, we could grow to 36,000 pretty fast. We can manage it relatively well. Um, let's go to the next phase of scaling up. Mm. No matter what, even if you use a franchise model, you're going to need money to do that. Right, right. Number one. Number two, franchisees are not, you know, uniform in terms of quality, in terms of financial um, uh, strength and so on. And it's not unusual in some industries, at least for franchisees, to from time to time need um, financial support from uh, the parent company from uh, the franchiser. We've seen that from time to time. So, you know, the bigger you grow, and I think uh, the the stronger capital you need. Mm. Now, why now and not a year ago or not a year from now? Um, Who knows? As we all know, uh, IPO volumes are down, especially in Hong Kong, uh, compared to uh, the most recent years. Investment bankers have much fewer deals to do. So I wouldn't put 
I wouldn't put it past the investment bankers to uh, have been out there pushing those companies to go to go public now, so that you know they can have deals under their belt. Mm-hmm. On probably uh, some consideration that uh, the consumer sector in China has not rebounded as fast and as as um, big as was expected over 2023. But there's a feeling, I think, uh, to some extent that it can't get worse <laughs> and therefore it will get better. And why not get to go to the market on, you know, those hopes that uh, no matter what, in 2024, the Chinese government is going to have to come up with uh, increasing, uh, increasingly strong stimulus measures to, um, you know, restart the economy especially the consumer sector. Right. And, you know, it's, um, we, we know what's been happening in the consumer sector. People have deferred, if not canceled, big ticket purchases. But uh, generally speaking, they still, because, you know, if you can't buy a new car, you need to have a little bit of good stuff in your life. So you spend it, <laughs> so you, get some you spend tea. your money on something else. And, and actually... You know, in that sector in particular, it is quite remarkable how restaurants have been have done actually pretty well in 2023 mm-hmm. in terms of attendance and all of that. Much, much better than the shops in the in the shopping malls that these restaurants are often located. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's probably all of that that's giving hope mm. to the bankers and the companies that uh, this is as good a time now to go to market right right and i guess uh like you're saying a, a one or two dollar bubble tea maybe maybe can make you feel good when when you've lost your job or <laughs> whatever if you yeah you can't um not necessarily yeah not necessarily lost your job but you know lo- what is not necessarily uh very well known is that uh lots of people have not lost their jobs but had to take uh pay cuts mm-hmm. Um, and uh, or even those who didn't have to uh, take pay cuts or lost their jobs are genuinely worried about what's coming down the road, what may be down the road in terms of expenses for, say, uh, healthcare and so on. And that's the reason why they've postponed spending on big, uh, big tickets, mm-hmm. big ticket items. And uh, yeah, under those circumstances, isn't it nice to be able to go with your family or with your friends, have a cheap bubble tea, spend social time together and so on? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, good point. Um, all right. For, how about uh, on the investor side? How do you yeah. how do you think, uh, you know, investors will receive this um, at this point? There's really only one listed company in Hong Kong, which is uh, Nayuki, uh, and its shares haven't actually done very well since their IPO in 2021. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think that once again, if you look IPO in 2021, you have 2022, which is COVID still uh, full force. Then you go into 2023, which is supposed to be the rebound and it doesn't quite happen. So no surprise then uh, that their stock price is not done very well. Um, the uh, what's going to happen to these two when they actually hit the market? Mm. Um, look, investors are 
there are always investors that are eternally optimistic <laughs> and who have money in their pocket and, and, and money burning in their pocket <laughs> and they have to put the money somewhere. Right. So, uh, and we've seen that again and again and again. You know, a bit of uh, positive news and some people throw money in the market and then things don't go quite as well. So then uh, they take the money out and prices come down. I think it's too soon to see a sustainable, um, you know, increase in, in stock price prices, especially as far as China is concerned. Mm. Uh, but I would expect that some people will, will, you know, jump at the IPO, try and make some money. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, then uh, time will tell how the, uh, you know, uh, consumer sector fares in China over the first quarter, the first half of the year. Mm. And that's when I think how people are going to monitor their appetite for investing more or pulling back. Mm. Um, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, I guess these, these two listings probably won't make it to market. Uh, they've just filed, so yeah, probably won't happen until second quarter at the earliest, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's wrap it up from there. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. In our next program, we'll look at a major biotech buyout, and we'll also look at a colorful e-commerce drama that spotlights the huge power wielded by online influencers in China's internet. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and rate us and share us on your favorite podcast app. Meantime, hope to see you all next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you all. Goodbye. Goodbye.